Ah, lovely stuff. Now, come on, you fair and tender ladies oh, there. Should what do you think great. of that? They're brilliant. Very good. Nice one. Yeah. With our tunes here, we got a great whole show lined up. we got a few callers coming we in. Have a mad load of callers. M- mad uh, load. Did you have a good Halloween? Did you give out a few sweets? Did, yeah. A few, few of them, all right. I'd yeah. say you scared a few people, too. <laughs> huh? Didn't even have to dress up. Big uh, big football match tomorrow at the Viva Stadium. Cork and Dundalk got it wow. for the FAI Cup. What do you think? You're a great man at the predictions. Oh, I think Cork will have it. But, you know, Dundalk's back is up because uh, your man, the keeper for Cork, after all the celebrations there, after them winning the title, he had a few 
a few strange words in the pub afterwards for the Dundalk fellas, so can't be repeated on radio. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what that um, how that game turns out, but I'd say there'll be a bit of aggro in it anyway. So, uh, anyway. Will that be sold out now, do you think? Ah, uh, no, I wouldn't think so, no. No, mm. no. but they, they, they try, tend to get, you know, a fair decent crowd, but I think they put a special offer as family offers yeah, and stuff oh like yeah. that, so... Anyway, that's the way it goes. And uh, there was big, uh, course, festivities in the GEA community last night. Awards were given out. indeed, All yeah. All stars. Um, Andy Morn, Footballer of the Year. Andy Morn got the big one. Very happy for him now. Um, don't know how many more years he might have left in his uh, engine, but um, yeah, fantastic. Um, I don't know who he was going up against. I didn't follow. I think Cluxton might have been one of them. Um, yeah. I think you're right. And then Joe Canning. Yeah, that, that one is a bit of a no-brainer. That was a no-brainer. Yeah. First Goa man since the late Tony Keady in oh, 1988. Wow, wow. That's fantastic. Very fitting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, well done to Joe Canning on that. Munster had a big win last night against Newport Dragons. 49-6. Good victory. Coming so. off their uh, defeat to Connacht yeah, last yeah. week. That feels good to say, doesn't it? Does, it, it does. You have to take advantage of it because it doesn't happen too often. And Glasgow, though, beat up on your boys in Leinster. Thirty-one, twenty-one. So, yeah, be grand. wasn't too good. Be grand. Huh? I think grand. things are all right. <laughs> and uh, of course, big congratulations last week, Katie Taylor. WBA yeah, we have a champ. world champion. Yeah. yeah, isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. Yeah, female champion. I don't know if you caught the Sky Sports. Oh, I did. The big yeah. mistake again. Big mistake, Once yeah. again, Britain's Katie Taylor, <laughs> Britain's world <laughs> champion. Ah, oh, sure now. Yeah, I I just love her attitude though. She, she says, yeah. you know, one day she said they'll get it right, but it doesn't bother her much. <laughs> she's also very good. She she you know f- openly admits she's really she's not into the to the, the to the you know the um, the rough talk. The know? trash talking yeah, is not going to be part. She yeah. said your one will win that battle. Yeah, that's no problem. That's what happens. <laughs> Do all in her the talking ring. with her gloves. Indeed, yeah. So that's uh, fair play to her. Anyway. And I uh, was watching a bit of the Turkish Open is on, on yeah. the European Tour, and our man Lowry is leading it. He's it always he looked he is. leading it now. He's leading Very it. Good. He's tied for the lead going into the final day um, with oh, uh, wonderful. a Thai golfer there. Um, not from a Thai, no, from oh. Thailand. Oh, Thailand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, Harrington had a great round today. He had a shot of 63. Um, Very good. 63 or 64, but he's tied for third. So yeah, and what about uh, Dunn? Dunn is uh, is uh, tied for twelfth, so he's okay. a good round as well. He's sixty seven today. All right, and Seamus Power, I think, is playing in Vegas. He is, yeah. You're going to Vegas tomorrow. Will I'm you be down in time to tomorrow. catch any of the final rounder? I no. won't know, but I, I I think he might be meeting me afterwards. Okay, in the win. Very good. <laughs> oh yeah, of course he would. Why After his he? win in the win. Yes, <coughs> good for him. Yeah, good for him. That's brilliant. Great stuff. All right. Well, we're waiting on a couple of callers here. Yeah, uh, we we built away with a bit of music. Sure, here why wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. May as well. Okay. Well, listen. We've, we've had a few. We have we'd had a, a run of no Joe. So I know. It's been great. Be. Uh, <laughs> I've been getting so many emails and texts that. It's just been enlightening, you know, the yeah. fact that there's been no Joe. It's but I, I take it we probably have the whole show Joe now. We both know that that's not true. <laughs> I've been getting the opposite notes. All right, here we go. Oh, good man, Joe. Goodbye, my 
Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, we're off to Ottawa now to get a bit of news from our man in Ottawa, Mr. Desmond Avoy. Good morning, Desmond. How are things? Good morning, lads. Things are going great here on a cold but clear morning up here in the nation's capital. And good morning, folks. Desmond Avoy here with the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our good friends over at Aer Lingus. Here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. 
has Ireland started to have its own Harvey Weinstein moment? The Sunday Times reported last weekend that Michael Colgan, who stepped down as the artistic director of the Gate Theatre in Dublin this past summer, has been accused by three women of making inappropriate sexual comments to them. Colgan is alleged to have suggested that Annette Clancy, a former program administrator at the Dublin Theatre Festival, give him a massage during a job interview. Clancy's resume did refer to her qualifications in holistic massage therapy. The Times reported on Wednesday that members of the Arts Council were forbidden from meeting alone with Colgan after he had an allegedly, quote, loud, aggressive and threatening outburst during a meeting. The paper also reported that at least two formal complaints have been made against Colgan by staff working at the gate during his 33-year tenure there. The theatre's board has refused to comment on these complaints. Another complaint was reportedly made at the Dublin Theatre Festival, of which Colgan was on the board, and one came from a senior staff member at the Arts Council in the past seven years. The Irish Post also reported on a Twitter post by Grace Diaz, an Irish activist, writer and performer, who spoke about an alleged incident made at the Dublin Theatre Festival's launch last year at the Oak Bar on Dame Street. She claimed that Colgan was drunk and made a lewd comment about her. When she later confronted him in the presence of a male friend, Colgan reportedly shouted her, shouted at her and insulted her. RTE News has reported that the theatre will appoint an independent professional human resources professional to deal with harassment issues. In other news this morning, as many as 155,000 commuters had to find other ways to get around this past Wednesday as the first of several expected rotating one-day strikes ground Irish Rail to a halt. The Herald reports that as many as five 24-hour work stoppages are planned in the coming weeks, specifically for November 14th and November 23rd and December 8th. Unions are also set to lodge new pay claims at Dublin Bus next summer, which saw six days of strikes last year. Bus Aaron also saw three weeks of strikes over pay this past April. The pay dispute started last year when Lewis tram drivers in Dublin won a 3.75% increase in pay, which other transport staff wanted too. This past Wednesday's strike affected intercity and DART services. The strikes will cost the company about €900,000 a day. The commercial semi-state company has said that it is dangerously close to insolvency and that its financial problems are only exacerbated by the strikes. However, sources have told the paper that the strike action on the 14th may be called off because Ireland is due back is due to take on Denmark in World Cup playoff action at Lansdowne Road, and that the Labour Court may also issue an invitation to talks before the dispute gets that far along. In news from the North this morning, half of the Democratic Unionists agreed to prop up Theresa May's Conservatives after the June Westminster elections. There was a concern in London that British government decisions would be made in Belfast. Well, this week, as Northern Ireland parties continued their talks to try and resolve a functioning government for Ulster, it appears that London could be imposing a budget on Belfast. James Brokenshire, Britain's Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, said that the London government is making preparations to impose a budget on the province by the end of November if a deal is not breached to bring back a functioning government to the Stormont Assembly. Without this budget, Brokenshire said that public services in the north would start to run out of money by the end of this month, but he said he wants to avoid a return to, to direct rule from London. However, Prime Minister Theresa May said she is standing by her deal with the DUP, which commits about £1 billion in northern investment. On Monday, the DUP and Sinn Féin failed to meet this past Monday's deadline for a new power-sharing deal. The main sticking points, according to the Belfast Telegraph, appear to be Irish language rights and other cultural issues. 
Well, this week in Irish history, on October 30th, 1751, Richard Brinsley Sheridan is born in Dublin. He would go on to become the owner of the London Theatre Royal, Drury Lane, a poet, Whig MP, and playwright of plays like The School for Scandal. On October 31st, 1973, Irish Republican Army prisoners staged an audacious Halloween escape from Mountjoy Prison in Dublin as they jumped aboard a hijacked helicopter that had landed in the prison yard, flying to freedom. On November 1st, 1629, St. Oliver Plunkett is born in Loch Crewe, County Meath. He would go on to become Ireland's last Catholic martyr as the all-primate of, as the primate of all Ireland, rather. He was drawn, hung, and quartered in London for high treason. On November 1st, 1884, the Gaelic Athletic Association is formed at Hayes Hotel in Thurless County, Tipperary. The GAA is now the largest amateur sports organization on earth. On November 2nd, 1950, Dublin-born playwright George Bernard Shaw dies. He received not only a Nobel Prize for Literature in 1925 and an Oscar in 1938, he's also remembered for such plays as Mrs. Warren's Profession, Pygmalion, and St. Joan. And there you go, folks. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus' year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available from more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Check them out online at www.aerlingus.com. That's www.aerlingus.com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with the team at Keolagus Crack. So until next week, folks, Slongo Foil. Black is the color of my true love's hair. Her lips are like some roses fair. She's the sweetest smile and the gentlest hand. I love the ground Whereon she stands I love my love And well she knows I love the ground Whereon she goes I wish the day it soon would come When she and I Could be as one Black is the colour Of my true love's hair Her lips are like Some roses fair And the gentlest hands I love the ground Whereon she stands I go to the climb And I mourn and weep For satisfied I never can be I write her a letter Just a few short lines And 
suffered death a thousand times. Nice now, bit of stuff. Unmistakable. Who do you think that was? Christy Moore, maybe. <laughs> yes, Christy, the man himself. He's something like else, the colour. Uh, listen, I just wanted to also, I know we've been announcing this for a couple of weeks, but just a reminder to our listeners that um, the fundraiser tonight for Leanne Bennett is oh, taking yeah. place down at Quinn Steakhouse. So just a reminder for everybody, um, it starts at uh, it's at 8 o'clock tonight, but uh, get down there in or around that time, it should be grand. And again, that's at Quinn Steakhouse and Bar down at 96 Rich- Richmond Street West. Um, and you get down there and support Leanne's cause um, in dire need of um, uh, of money to uh, to pay for uh, much needed uh, medical treatment. Uh, she yes. goes through a very very difficult time. So, and if you if you can't make it down, certainly go to justgiving.com, yeah. crowdfunding help Leanne, and um, you can donate online or give Danny McFadden, who we had on the show last week, give her a call six four seven. Four zero one nine double zero seven. Yeah, and she'll meet you anywhere you want if you can't if you don't have internet access or anything like that. You can give her the cash or an old check. Very good. Yeah, happy to do that. And um, uh, speaking of of ladies and and all things good, mm-hmm. um, we have the women's finalists is on as well. Don't forget at the Aviva. That's so it's right. a double header for Cork. Yeah. There'll be loads of Cork fans up at the Aviva. Okay. Normally they'll be trying to get into Croke Park, but they'll be a bit confused now. They'll be all at the Aviva <laughs> tomorrow. Cork City versus UCD in the women's uh, football mm. final tomorrow. Yeah. Now, Cork haven't been in Croke Park for a long time, just so you know. I know, but that's what I'm saying. They would be looking to get there more often <laughs> than they'd be looking to get to the Aviva. Which God love them. Hey, uh, what about these fellas, uh, the independent uh, TDs? Did you see that they were trying to go over to North Korea? Oh, over to... to, to I can't to, believe Desmond didn't cover this piece. great story. <laughs> it's great. Where do we get the neck on us to think that we'd be the well, ones? Well, these lads have huh? some neck. Uh, these lads have some neck now, but I don't think they'd be up to... I don't think they'd be up to a whole lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Could have an attention grab, maybe, was it? Over for a bit of crack, I think, oh, to North could Korea. Be, could be, uh, yeah, it's almost some some story already. I don't know why Desmond wouldn't have picked that one up now. I know, we'll have to get big, on to him about big, that now. Big bit of news, big bit of news. Um, you know that, um, I don't know, did we mention off the top who's calling in here at 11.30? 
No. Uh, well, we mentioned it last week and probably the week before and the week Did before. Yeah, no, that, I'm very know. excited about it anyway. The, yes. the, the new manager of uh, the Sligo, um, Sligo County team, football team, Cahill Corey, is going to be calling in here at the bottom of the hour. Some tough questions. Wait to ask him. There's some real like humdingers ready to oh, go. Oh yeah. There. What? He's going to be under pressure. I yeah. tell you. You'll be like, you know, where where will we have the celebration parade in Sligo? That's, That's all you want to ask, oh, yeah. isn't it? That is. Where it. would it be? Down the down. Oh, right down O'Connell Street. Are you joking yeah. me? Yeah. Okay. Mm. No. Never get it out of there. Would you go back for that one? I would. <laughs> All, All right. right, good stuff. We'll do a bit of music here. What have uh, you got lined up? Got um, more Joe? No, no, I've got a different fella. I went to see him in concert here about uh, six or seven weeks ago, uh, Nathan Carter. Oh, that lad, I want to yeah. give him a belt, yeah. Very don't good. like him, no? Ah, he's grand. He's okay. I think the ladies mm. love him more I'm than the men, maybe. I think I'm in love with him, actually. Ah, you probably would be. Why wouldn't I? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Go on. I don't know if you can see The changes that have come over me In these last few days I've been afraid that I might drift away I've been telling old stories and singing songs That make me think about where I came from And that's the reason why I seem so far away today Let me tell you that I love you And I think about you all the time Caledonia calling me Now I'm going home And if I should become a stranger You know it would make me more Sad This Caledon has been everything I've ever had Now I have moved And I've kept on moving I've proved the points That I needed proven I've lost the friends That I needed losing Found others on the wing I've kissed the girls And I've left them crying Stolen dreams Yes, there's no denying I've traveled hard With conscience flying Somewhere in the wind So let me tell you That I love you Think about you all the time Caledonia, you calling me Now I'm going home If I should become a stranger You know it would make me more than sad This Caledonia has been everything I've ever had Before the fire, the empty room and the forest choir 
The flames that can't get any higher They've withered now, they've gone But I'm steady fed, my way is clear And I know what I will do tomorrow When the hands are shaking and the kisses flow And I will disappear Of Nathan Carter, a man Nathan. Right. Well, listen. Delighted, uh, Ken, that um, you know last uh, May you and I went on a little excursion down to New York One to of the see many. Sligo, and we saw potential in that team, did we not? We did indeed. Yeah, we well, did indeed. Well, they've handed the reins uh, over to a man from Tyrone to uh, to take care of business over there. Brilliant. And he's joining us on the line now from his home with his wife, Brona, and it's Cahal Corey, and he's uh, calling in from Kildress in County Tyrone. Good morning, Cahal. Thanks for doing this. Uh, no bother at all, man. It's great to get talking to you over there in, in Toronto. Um, I suppose it's been a while since I was there now. It was over... Giddy sad, and we're over playing for Toronto Gales, and we've never been back since, so we'll have to get back over and see you again soon. Well, we'll have to make sure that we make that happen. So, uh, and that's right, 1987. You I, might uh, want to bring that Sligo team out, maybe, and uh, give them a run out here. <laughs> I'll be class if we can organize that, we'll definitely do that. Well, Cahal, this fella beside me is a Sligo man, so you've no idea. He's uh, he's like jumping around the room here with excitement here that he gets a, gets a chance to talk to you. And more importantly, he has a relative uh, that'll be uh, that that you will be uh, trying to keep under control. A young lad there with a lot of potential on the Sligo team. Big surprise for you to hear about that as well. I'm sure. Young Keelan Cawley there. Yeah. He scored the goal in New York oh, when we were down Keelan, there. I know Keelan, surely. Yeah. Yeah. We were training there on Thursday night, and there wasn't too many out with fellas up in Dublin. But Keelan was there, and he trained very, very well. And it was the first time I got a chance to look at him, and I was very, very impressed. Now, and he's a real nice young fellow as well, good manners. Make sure you give him a few extra laps now. <laughs> <laughs> so what we, what we, what we, can we do to tell him? Uh, through my 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 mother, there uh, his mum and my mum are be uh, cousins. So, but sure, everyone in Sligo is related, as you're going to find out when you go down there. <laughs> I'll be talking to him in the morning, and I'll tell him what you're asking. You tell him exactly. Tell him Ken Tracy said hello. So, so Cahal, uh, congratulations, uh, seriously, on the appointment. Um, I was just curious, um, how did the appointment come about? That you you knew the position was available, I guess. Uh, did you approach no, them, or did they, or how how does it all how does it all happen? Ken, I didn't. I wasn't even aware that it was available. What happened was about. Rory Geller was managing Donegal and luck set to go in for another three years and whatever happened in a short space of time, Rory stood down from the Donegal job and then I 
I was nominated by a couple of the clubs in Donegal. I went up and I met the committee and we had an interview. I think it was three or four fellas in for it. And then it was close, it was tight. Declan Bonner seemed to be a clear front runner and then things seemed to be really close. So we got called back for another round of interviews and went through that again. And I suppose one, one paper I'd be favoured for it and another one, Declan, but it was close anyway. But it finished up. Declan got the job and I suppose Declan has worked there his last number of years on the 21s and minors and has done a great job and probably deserved his chance to take the seniors and at that stage I just had I thought that I'd probably never get a chance at that stage to manage with an inter-county team and within a couple of days I got a phone call from Sligo a fellow John McPartland asked me would it be interesting to come up to meet them and I told him it would be surely and went up there and had a chat with him and got the job and delighted that he had an opportunity to work with Sligo Good man now you've had uh, your first meeting with the players, Cahill. Um, was that last weekend? We met with the players last Saturday, and we had just we had a chat, and we talked. We talked to them, and we asked them a wee bit of quest, question and answers, and we listened to what they had to say, what they were saying, and we took that all in, and we made notes on that, and the yeah. things that they felt maybe they haven't reached the potential. They thought maybe their confidence wasn't as high as it should be. They felt that some days they could go out and perform great, and then maybe the next couple of matches couldn't back that up. So that was all things that I was, you know, interested in hearing. And then I introduced them to some members of the backroom team. We had a wee chat. The other fellas in the backroom team spoke, and I got a cup of tea, and we let it go. With that that was last Saturday. And then we were back. We started the first training session last Sunday morning at half ten. We went for a couple of hours, and I suppose that's you know it's probably a wee bit late for. We have a lot of work to do. The National League's earlier this year because I think it's because of the Pope's coming to Ireland. So everything's pulled forward by about two or three weeks. Oh. So we're starting on the 3rd of January in the FPD and then straight into the National League on the 27th of January. So it's only 12, I think it's down to 12 weeks now to the start of the National League. So we feel we have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of young players in Sligo and you know the Miners have done well, the 21s have done well and there's going to be a bit of transition now getting young players in to play that level but it is a big big step up and we don't have a lot of time but we're looking forward to the challenge the uh it's finally we have a nice center of excellence out there in, in on the strand hill road there call what are your uh, what are your thoughts on that because i'm predicting 10 years you know and then it's sam and you should be there Come here, it's first class facilities we have three Playing pitches, the surface are fantastic to them, totally flooded. You can play a match at any time. The quality of the lights is perfect. And then the gym inside is as well equipped gym as I've seen. And I'm not just saying that, it is as best equipped gym I've ever seen, you know, in nine football clubs. And it's a credit to Sligo. I know it's a big investment. And it's, as you say, they're looking forward to that They've done a lot of work at their age, and they really are. You know, they're certain the facilities in place as good as what Mayo or Dublin or the Carries or Tyrone, they're, they're matching all them places for the facilities and it's, it's a, lot, a big investment from Sligo and I hope it comes up, works out well for them. Good man. Well, Carl, it's your first um, kind of county appointment. Um, I'm curious, being a Tyrone man, if, you know, did you, um, do you have a relationship with, with, with a fellow like Mickey Hart that, you could have almost like a, and I mean this in a nice way, but maybe a mentoring conversation with him who's who has all of this experience or is your style more to kind of be yourself and, and, and you, you've kind of, 
you know, just live off the success that you've had at the club level and, and just put your own style on it? Or or would you reach out to a fellow like that and see if he would have pointers or things that he would, th- things things that you um, think he could just... Uh, well, Mickey Hart, actually, I had a work with Mickey Hart in 94 with my own club in Kildare, and it was actually the first championship Mickey was involved in winning. Yeah. I would know Mickey well, and I do speak to him. I've been very, very fortunate to work with Tony Scully and Kieran McGurk, God rest, and used to play for Armagh. Mm. Me and Jim McGuinness managed four or five different teams over a period of 10 years, and several other managers, you know, and you pick up wee bits and pieces from them all, and every time, every day you work with one of them, or you hear what I used to call and say, like, to Tony, whenever I'd been up in Leaf Connell, and Tony would come in and done a session and talk to the players, and every time somebody that got comes in, you always pick up some wee thing. I'd always be interested in teams, you know, watch the way teams play. Mm-hmm. Football's always my life, and you just keep picking up these things and you add, up, you add all them these things up to your own experience, and you kind of have to do it your own way too, but definitely it's, you, you've learned something from Mickey and you take something from Tony, and I think that's the way everybody is. You steal wee bits here and there, and you watch other teams play, and then you try to get all that into a package, and then you, the, big, the big skill then is having the... Ability to coach that into your team and getting players to believe in the way you want to play. Mm-hmm. Football's been very defensive probably this last couple of years, and I think now it's going to change a wee bit back to more attacking and yeah. team set a wee bit different. So it's just, you know, players take confidence from suppose, the manager having this game plan, having everything organised, and I think we're feeling that all the bases is covered. They take, they take confidence from that. And players kind of expect that, you know, that the teams are really well managed and coached now, uh, they feel that that's. You have to set the bring something new to it, a new style or a new game plan. Yeah. And that's what we've been trying to do. Me, I'm going back and have a, have a great backing team coming to me with Sligo as well. And, you know, they're all very experienced men as well. So they'll all bring something yeah. that adds value to the squad. Good man. I, um, I, I, uh, there is a question that, and it's very topical, of course, and has been for several years, but... And just a, a kind of more of your opinion on, you know, the expectations on players is just so great these days. I mean, you, you watch the quality of the game that was played between Dublin and Mayo this year in the final and even the semifinals for that matter. Um, but for players to to reach that type of form and that type of fitness and that type and to have that type of conditioning to be able to play in a game like that and deliver such a memorable performance. Um, you know, is it sustainable that, you know, as an amateur sport, that these fellas can be expected to come out three to five nights a week and just give so much? Um, or, or is it really going to be challenging for the, the, let's call them the smaller counties or the counties that maybe don't have the goals to win all Ireland's just yet? And I speak about my own county leash and possibly Sligo fall into that bracket as well. But what, what do you, what do you, what's your own opinion on on how the expectations on players has really changed over the last over the last ten years now? I suppose the, the 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 first thing you know the teams that you've talked about Dublin and Mayo, they're the teams that seem to come back every year. Like last, even last year, I thought, how does Mayo come back from you know last year that the should have won it the first day, then they went till a replay, and they should have won it the second day, and, the, and they still lost it, and then they come back out this year, and people think they're gone. And then they put in some serious performances this year, and, the, and then the All Ireland final was just as you say, brilliant game. And again, men are going back every year, but doing through the M seasons. Like their seasons longer than any other team seasons are going right from this time of the year right up until September. I think success helps all. You know, helps probably that it keeps them coming back to the field. And I feel that there's going to have to be a second tier competition. 
you know, you have, the, you have your 34 teams playing for Sam Maguire, and I just feel that it's probably going to have to be divided into two in the likes of the Leashes and the Slagos and all these teams that if they go out of the All-Irons for Sam, that there is another high-profile competition played on the same day as the All-Ireland final that was on first and then the All-Ireland final second. And just to give more players a chance to play in Pro Park in an All-Ireland final. And to me, that's what builds teams and that's yeah, what makes it yeah. you know, more rewarding for players to come out. You know, Sligo starts off playing in the same competition as, as Dublin. And you know, we're probably have a lot of work to do to get up to that level and it's going to take time. But you know, players get experience by playing big games. And unfortunately, the, the teams... Unless you're now in the top, then top five or six teams, it's hard to get that experience at that level. Mm. The back doors helped, has helped, it's definitely helped, but it's still the same teams playing for Sam McGuire. The back doors giving them a few more games to get a few more experience, and, and probably in Mayo this year and last year, the back doors got them back to the All Ireland final. That's right. And it probably hasn't maybe done as much for the weaker counties as it should, but I think there should just be a split made at some stage mm. in the season where half the teams go on and play for Sam and then the other half play for a, a competition but a real competition that's just not a naming some cup and playing for a competition that you get to play on All-Ireland Sunday in Pro Park before as a curtain raiser to the All-Ireland final yeah. I think then players would really buy into that and, and players you know it would be something more to play for if you don't have a run in the top tier of the competition well, Carl, you're very good to do this. Um, really appreciate the time you've spent. There. Yeah, fantastic and uh, well well answered. And I, I'm, uh, I have to say I would be an advocate of what you've just uh, suggested as well. But um, listen, wish you the very best of luck. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be keeping a close eye on the Sligo performances. Ken makes sure I do anyway. So That's for sure. And he even has the jersey, Carl. I got him a jersey to wear down to New York. So we're looking forward to him wearing that a second time when we go over and see in London, maybe. Aye, you might see over there, Carl. Come here, what means that? The GA scene in Toronto now. How's things going over there? Uh, they're going. They're going well. I mean, the same you've got on the uh, the senior men's uh, on the senior men's side of the business. The Gales. Um, Gales are actually in their thirtieth year now, Cahill. And so, sure, and then you've uh, got. Um, but they haven't won the championship since nineteen ninety three or ninety two, I believe. Um, uh, and uh, then you know Saint Mike's. Um, and St. Vincent's and Durham uh, Emmets, have, Durham Robert Emmets have uh, have very strong teams over the years, and St. Pat's are still around. So um, the, the the standard has gone up, but we haven't expanded the number of teams here, and they have a very vibrant uh, ladies uh, Gaelic football scene here as well, which wouldn't have been as vibrant, I think, back when you were out here. But it uh, it's a thriving it's a thriving side of the GA out here as well. Um, so no, it's going well. It's going well. They're good quality of football. Canada's opened up the doors here, Carl. To uh, uh, you know, there, there's over ten thousand visas issued for Canada, I believe, now every year, and young, young fellas coming out. Yeah, so it's well, great. Now, we, the Toronto Gales is going to have to get Jerry Milan and Peter White back playing for them, maybe in the full back line <laughs> a bit because they're a bit slower from the last time when they were out to play. Yeah, I don't think I don't think no, that's go, mean, that's going to do the job, Carl. <laughs> we're definitely going to try to get over to Toronto now shortly, maybe next year. So we'll give you a shout when we're over. Uh, I'd love to see you. Yeah, love to see you, Cahal. Yeah, thanks very much for thanks for the chat, boys. It was lovely. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Cahal. Good man, Cahal. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Cheers, man. All the best. Okay. Good bye. luck. Bye, bye. <laughs> I'd roam through all creation 
station you comforts to find still and the comfort I would seek the most as you might understand is to win the heart of Martha the flower of sweet Trevan her cheeks they are a White shoulders, it carelessly hangs down. She's one of the fairest creatures in the whole of Ireland. And my heart, it's captivated by the flower of sweet Strabane. If I had you, lovely Martha, away. Lovely stuff. All right. Well, on the line, we have our uh, second guest of today, and it's uh, Frank Cairns. Good morning, Frank. How are you lads today? We're doing great. Are you feeling groovy? Uh, well, it's a little early in the morning to feel groovy, but I'll get there. Good I'll man. Get there. Good man. Well, the Irish Choral Society and the Noonan Band have got a feeling groovy couple of concerts coming up. Give us a little bit of information about that, Frank. Well, I'm going to tell you just quickly first about the, the group's had a very busy fall. We sang for the 50th anniversary of the Irish Choral uh, or Cultural Society of Toronto. And then two weeks ago, if you can believe it, we provided all the music for the Order of St. George. And then we did a St. Patrick's uh, Catholic Church fundraiser. And then, of course, last Sunday afternoon was the Mass of Memory, which is always great to be a part of. So after all that, we're going to start to feel groovy starting this week. we got another rehearsal with the band and uh, getting all our uh, our kind of our costumes together and of course we're hoping that uh, you and mark will be there with your three-piece white suits and oh i'll tell you i'm pretty sure you've got those left over in the closet don't you oh of course we do <laughs> we do indeed <laughs> <coughs> nothing like it but i'll tell you it the group has really progressed over the last few years uh, so that we're able to do things like this and it's because our uh, director uh, sinead sigru she's a great talent with boundless energy very professional and a fantastic voice in her own right so she not only teaches us the music, she teaches us how to sing. And we end up doing concerts and things like this that, uh, that actually surprise us, because when we start, we're not sure, but she gets us there. So, uh, and her energy kind of you know, comes down to us, and away we go. That's brilliant. And that's going to be, uh, the first one is next Friday, uh, November the 10th. 
doors open at 7 and the concert is at 8 at St. Bonaventure's Church Hall, which is 1300 Leslie Street, which is at Leslie and Lawrence. Tickets are $20 and kids under 12 are free. And uh, the following one is Saturday, November the 18th at the Transact Club. And that's at 292 Brunswick Avenue, south of Bloor, between Bathurst and Spadina. So uh, same deal. Doors open at 7, concert at 8, and it's $20 for adults and kids are free. And we have our president, Tom, standing by at 416-759-2124, and he can take ticket orders right now. That's fantastic, Frank. Good stuff. Great to see you busy in the community. And uh, the Mass of Memory went well last week. It was great. Um, a lot of people there. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of emotion on that day. And uh, we try and be a part of it as best we can. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of fellowship afterwards downstairs. And, uh, um, yeah, it's just a great day. And, and we're just really pleased that we can do that. And it's part of our mandate. I mean, we need to sing at things like this. And uh, we're always looking for opportunities for the group to get out in front of people. Because it, if you just practice week by week and you don't sing anywhere, you're not really going anywhere. So uh, it's great to do. And we've had lots of requests for us to do other events and other things. And almost getting to the point now where we're too busy for a while. But uh, we take them as they come. That's the way you want to be. Keep yeah. it busy. Good stuff. We'll have to have well you in done, the studio Frank. one time here and have a, a live concert with you. Well, you go. if we can all fit in the booth, we'd love to. We'd make room for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well done, pal. Thanks, Thanks a million. Lot, we'll talk to you soon. Best of I luck. I love the show. Thank Thanks you. so much, Frank. All, all the best. Bye-bye. Okay, right. and time for the Guinness Community Calendar of Events here. Now arriving in Canada, Ken, Guinness Hop House 13 is all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James's Gate in Dublin. Double hopped for a more flavorful lager from the first sip to the crisp finish. Earning its name from the original Hop House 13 at St. James's Gate, it's available at select pubs and now it's arriving across Canada in 500 milliliter cans. Guinness Hop House 13, more hops, more taste, more character. Take it away, Kenny. Very good. Well, we had Danny McFadden on last week. You mentioned it off the top of the show. Of course, uh, Leanne Bennett's. Um, fundraising event is on down at the Quinn's Steakhouse and Irish Bar in Toronto tonight at 8 o'clock. Folks, if you can get down there, it'll be greatly appreciated. Um, if you can't, please go to justgiving.com and the crowdfunding and just type in Leanne Bennett and you can donate online or give Danny McFadden a call 647 401 9007. And happening a little bit later on today, Danny Doyle, the author of the book Mila Mila Ikian, the Irish language in Canada, is going to be the guest speaker. And he's presenting his, um, his book at the discussion room at the Toronto Reference Library, 789 Young Street. It's just a block north of, uh, of Bloor Street. And that's starting at 2 p.m. On Wednesday night at 8.30, Kevin and Samantha Kennedy will be at Dora Kyo's on on. Uh, November the 10th Friends of Sinn Féin their annual dinner dance will take place at the Hot House uh, restaurant at 35 Church Street and it's $125 and you can get tickets from Alan McConnell the 12th annual Wellington 5k run walk event is taking place on the 12th of November 
It all starts at noon at the boardwalk at Windermere and Lakeshore Boulevard. The Bollard Trophy is up for the winner of the 5K run and the Hamill Trophy is on for the winner of the Masters. And of course, there'll be first, second and third places for the men's and ladies. Entry forms are available at the start of the race. And for information, give Jim O'Brien a call at 905-273-9879. The annual Chamber Quiz is also taking place at the Hot House and that is coming up on November the 16th with Quizmaster Michael Monaghan. Contact the uh, Chamber at ICCTO.com for your tickets. Saturday, November the 18th, there is an open door Cayley from 8 till half 11. Everybody's welcome, beginners and advanced alike. And that's taking place at the Royal Canadian Legion, 3591 Dundas Street West in Toronto. Tickets are $15. There'll be a cash bar. There'll be some Irish berries, tea and baked treats. Music will be by Ina O'Brien and Friends. And all the dancing that you can possibly want. Give Geraldine a call, 416-573-1205 or Mary a shout at 905-330-7972. November the 18th. Mark, you should be down at this. The Leash Offley Pub Night is taking place at the Galway Arms. Joseph McLaughlin is the man with all the information. Give him a shout at 416-677-6462 or McLaughlin 68 at gmail.com. Also on November the 18th, it's hard to believe, but it's the fifth anniversary of the um, Irish Canadian uh, Association, the um, Ireland Canada Immigration Centre, I should say, at PG O'Brien's. They're celebrating their fifth year. PG O'Brien's down there at the Pat Quinn Lounge, 39 Colburn Street. Tickets are $25 and they can be purchased online at eventbrite.ca. Or I'm sure you can give them a shout at the uh, Ireland Canada Immigration Centre. There'll be a raffle on the night for two return flights to Dublin and Toronto and tickets for the Ireland Fund of Canada's St. Patrick's Day lunch and also tickets for the Toronto Maple Leafs with a dinner for two. So get yourselves down to PJ's. Saturday, November the 25th, there's a Kelly at uh, Victoria Park Pavilion out there in Kitchener and Maureen Mulvey will be calling all the, the music out there. So make sure you get yourself out to that if you're living in Kitchener. It's only $12 for adults and um, you can have a great day of dancing Saturday December the 2nd Kyoto's Hamilton Arts are holding a Christmas in Killarney and a dinner in Cayley and uh, that's at the Legion Hall down there in Burlington Ontario and you can contact the Hamilton Irish Arts at gmail.com or check them out on Facebook. Tickets are only $30. There you go, folks. All the information is on our website, SaturdayIrishRadio.com. And if you have an event coming up, get in touch. Ken at SaturdayIrishRadio.com. Yes, and that Ireland Park Foundation event, oh, yes. Ken, is yeah, on down at uh, next Thursday night, November 9th, at St. James's Cathedral at King & Church. Um, so... Go in there and take, check out the Ireland Park Foundation event that's coming up. Garda Siakana band are there. Oh, Aurano Cassida and his daughter, Sibel Ni Cassidy, and uh, John Feely, one of Ireland's foremost classical guitarists. Anyway, some serious Gaelic talent uh, coming to um Right, uh, that's all the 150th anniversary, sure right? Yeah, okay. celebrate that. Very Quick good. commercial here, Kenny. Hold on. Okie dokie. Good do that. When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. 
The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home, and not too far from home, at 838 The Queen's way in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. All right, get down to the Galway Arms there. Enjoy an old Hop House 13. Look at that hour gone already. Gone, gone. Well, we'll go out here with a, an old duet, a Joe Dole and Nathan oh, Carter duet. I was just going to say we only got the one Joe tune, <laughs> but mix, no. No, no, no. Mix it the two tunes. All, All right, right, folks. Good luck. Slán. Programming for Toronto's Russian-speaking community can be heard every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and Sunday.